Good morning, everyone out there, faith community. Pastor Tim here, and it is so good to be with you here on this kind of wintry Sabbath here toward the end of January. Can you believe that? Here we are going into the last week of the first month of the year, and I trust that you and your family are well. I want to begin with a story that I read here recently that happened on April the 14th of 1912. And you probably guess what event I'm talking about. As I read, there was a story, reportedly a true story, of a lady that was on board the Titanic. And she was fortunate enough to find herself in one of the lifeboats. And as it was getting ready, people were piling into it. She suddenly screamed, stop, wait, I forgot something in my stateroom. And she pleaded and begged with the quartermaster to let her return to her stateroom quickly to retrieve something. And they finally allowed her to leave. And they said, we'll give you just three minutes and we're going to lower this boat down to the raging waters of the North Atlantic. And so she hopped out of the lifeboat. She scrambled across the deck that was already severely beginning to be angled. She made her way through the gambling room where the money had rolled and piled up almost calf deep. And she got back to her stateroom. Fortunately, it wasn't very far away. She flung open the door. She pushed aside her fur coats and all of her fancy jewelry, her diamond ring that was precious to her. And she grabbed for three small oranges and put them in her pocket, then scrambled out the door, back across the deck and into the lifeboat. Now, that's an incredible story, isn't it? Reportedly really happened that night on board the Titanic, I'm told. But just think about it. Just 30 minutes earlier, she wouldn't have chosen a whole truckload of oranges over a precious diamond ring. And what had happened? Fear had boarded the Titanic. Just one blast of that thought had altered all of her priorities. Instantaneously, the priceless things had become worthless, and the worthless things had become priceless. And in a moment, she preferred those three small cuties to an entire crate of diamonds. But you know what? There are events like that in life that have the power to transform. In an instant, something happens, and it re-alters all of your priorities. Your perspective is suddenly changed into this incredible reality. And this woman here on the Titanic understood that given her circumstances, she had to prepare for living life the next few hours or some unknown period of time on a lifeboat. And diamonds wouldn't help her. A whole bushel full of diamonds wouldn't help her. And instead she preferred the sustenance that those small oranges would provide. Now, as Julie's read this text to us here in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25, we find a parable that's kind of strikingly similar to this kind of incident. Jesus is talking to the disciples here, and he tells the story that the kingdom of heaven is going to be like these ten ladies that were on their way to a wedding. And five were wise. Five were prepared. Five were evidently really prepared and excited about this wedding and had plenty of oil for the entire event, the the evening. And the other five of those 
ten that were preparing, they weren't as wise. And they were preoccupied evidently with other things. And after all, it was still light out when things were underway. And the bridegroom was delayed, Jesus said. And suddenly they realized that they were running low. In fact, their lamps were empty and they weren't prepared after all. And they asked the five who were prepared, could we borrow some of your oil? But they said, no, if we give you our oil, then we won't have enough oil for ourselves. We have a better idea. Why don't you go out into the village and look for someone to sell you and give you some of their oil? And so the five who were unprepared, they went out to the village to find some oil. And while they were gone, the bridegroom came. And when they returned to the feast, the doors were shut and they couldn't get in. And in fact, they said, we don't even know who you are. And Jesus said, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. You know, we're in a series right now that we're calling it Living Ready. And I wonder today, are you ready for whatever comes in this year? And are you ready, especially for the coming of Jesus? Do you know Christ? You know, this past year, 2020, which is now uh, in the history books, uh, certainly it dished out some incredible things into our lives that we never thought possible. And how many of you were ready for it? How many of you had plenty of cleaning supplies on hand? How many of you had an N95 mask they say we all really needed? How many of you had plenty of toilet paper and all the other kinds of things that you really needed to have at your disposal? A lot of people weren't ready. And it was a reminder to us that in life, you never know what's coming in your, your life. You never know what's going to happen. You never know when you're going to get sick. You never know when there's going to be an accident. You never know when you're going to lose your job. You never know what's going to happen in life. And whatever comes into this life of yours, you need to be ready to meet Jesus. For Jesus is going to come, the Bible says, again at an unexpected time. And we need to live today as not people who are survivalists, but people who are revivalists. Not people who live in this world as if this is it and there's nothing else that awaits us after. Not to live in this world as people without hope, but to live knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. And really making an impact in this world for the Lord. And those who want to wait for a sign of the end and get ready then, this scripture indicates to us that it's going to be too late and you need to be ready. And you know, with whatever comes into our lives in this coming next few weeks and months of 2021, we invite you to really know Jesus to be on guard, to be alert, to be on watch, as Jesus said, for we never know the day nor the hour when Jesus is going to come. Now, here in this text, you know, weddings are, are really one of those kinds of events where they're going to come into your life ready or not. They're coming. I've got some weddings right now in my family. I've got some weddings coming up, I know, in the church and in my life, and they're going to come ready or not. And, you know, when I officiate a wedding, I go through the rehearsal the night before and I tell everybody, really admonish all of those who are part of the wedding party to get ready, uh, to make sure they understand the instructions and what they're supposed to do. Look around and make sure, sometimes even placing a piece of tape on the floor so they know where to stand the next night. And to make sure they arrive early in plenty of time, their clothes are pressed, they're ready to go. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't work out. 
But this parable here, as you focus on it and look at it, it's told not from the perspective of the bride or from the bridegroom, but it's told from the vantage point here of the bridesmaids. And the measure of their wisdom was the readiness to be part of the event. Now, these women evidently had some type of oil, some measure of oil, but five were really prepared because they knew that the event could take place over a period of time, and the other five were not prepared. And this, of course, is a foreign concept of weddings today. Weddings in our society, you know, there's oftentimes these days a card that will go out that saved the date, and they announce a certain... A time at a particular place this wedding is going to happen and if you're late to one of those events and and the wedding doesn't start on time sometimes guests get fidgety in fact I was at a wedding sometime back and it was really late uh, for the wedding was supposed to start at something like 4 30 in the afternoon and it was five o'clock and it still hadn't started and there were some guests and families that started to leave but you know in first century Palestine, a wedding happened over a week's period. And in fact, just this week we were over in the Holy Land a year ago and we were told that there are a lot of similar things that happen these days in the Holy Land as to what we read about here in, in this gospel, for example. It's rich in this heritage of, of, of Jewish thought. And the ceremony would begin with the bridegroom bringing home the bride. The bridegroom would be accompanied by his friends amid singing and music and great celebration. And then they would lead this processional to the bride's home. And along the way, the friends who were ready with their lanterns uh, lit would join in the procession. And certainty here was truly part of the excitement. And most bridegrooms chose to come late. They chose to build the excitement and enjoy the, the feast and the celebration that was ongoing. But in fairness, just before the bridegroom would, would come forth, a messenger would go and say, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. And in this parable, we find that the cry came at midnight, which was often the case. And it was the maidens here that realized they didn't have enough oil. They weren't prepared. They didn't get ready. There's some observations I want to share about this text as I have reflected on it this week and things I want to offer to you that I think it would behoove us to, to take note of, of Jesus' words here. One of the things that I find that is raised in this text is that there are some things in life that you cannot borrow. Do you know that? There are just some things in life you can't rely on someone else. You can't live on someone else's ladder. You can't live on someone else's oil. You can help another person in so many ways, but at some point you're on your own. And this is really true when it comes to your faith. I mean, the Bible says this way that leads to life is a narrow road. And there's only a couple people at a time that can go on that, and that is you and Jesus on this road. Your parents can't walk this road for you. Your family members can't walk this road for you. Your pastor can't walk this road for you. Husbands cannot depend upon the devotion of their wives. I'd like to tell you uh, more than once how many husbands have said to me, my wife handles all the spiritual matters in this home. They only reveal their ignorance. They only show where they stand with God. Faith is one of the most intensely personal experiences that you can ever have. 
And others can help you toward it in life for sure. People can encourage you. People can offer prayer. People can support you. People can point you in the right direction. But at the end of the day, you have to embrace it yourself. You have to come to know Jesus yourself and give your life to God. And in this story here, the five unprepared maidens were foolish because they thought they could rely on the others to get through. And they discovered that there are some things in life that you simply can't borrow. A second observation that I find about this text here is that there are some things that can't be put off until the last moment. You can't set aside things oftentimes in life to the last moment because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, I wonder today if you have a flood insurance rider on your insurance policy or do you have earthquake insurance? You know, in the 20 seconds it causes to produce real damage in your life, you don't have time to get on and talk to an agent from State Farm or Erie or Liberty and do any kind of insurance quotes. I remember as a young father, I learned really quickly, you have to have diapers and wipes ready. For you never know, in the 10 seconds a real mess can develop, you can't clip coupons and head down to Target. Or how about a midterm? You can't wake up one morning and cram for an hour and expect to know everything that was just given to you by your professor in two months. You have to be prepared. There are some things that you simply cannot delay in life and put off. And yet it's amazing how many people fail to grasp this most important concept. How many couples I have seen over the years that have gotten married and uh, they've never darkened the church doors at all. And then marital problems visit their life and concerns develop and they rush to the church because they see the church as some type of last-ditch effort before separating. And they wonder why the church has failed them. But I remind you today that you cannot make withdrawals until you've made deposits. You can't expect to build your life on sinking sand and all of a sudden hope it stands when the problems come. And some things out there that cannot be put off until the last moment. I remember one time a mom wanted me to talk to one of her children. And uh, she had uh, grown up and uh, was still living nearby just out of the home. And I visited the family. I agreed to visit this uh, daughter of hers. And we sat and talked for about 30 minutes. I listened to what she had to say. I, I shared some what I felt was wise uh, counsel and input to the situation but she decided in the end to go contrary to what her mom wanted and after our time of discussion together and she found out that her daughter was going to go in this other direction the mother got a little huffy and she could not believe that she had made that decision and she said I thought you of all people would have been able to change her mind and you know I wanted to say how do you expect me to accomplish in 30 minutes what you basically were not able to accomplish in 30 years. Why is it today that we often put life's most important decisions off until the last minute? We procrastinate. Jesus said it's because we are foolish. And it's the foolish person who cannot see down the road. It's not that the foolish maidens here lacked any kind of desire. Oh, they wanted it. Uh, they, they wanted to be there. But did they really? All too often, we believe that heaven can wait. And a third observation I would make about this text that I think we need to take note of is if you're not prepared, you can miss out on this real great opportunity. 
You know, the issue here as we read is one of readiness when Jesus returns. And when God holds his great celebration, are you going to be ready? And there's a genuine element that is underscored in this text that I think in our 21st century, we just so quickly toss to the side. And that's this understanding of judgment. That when the foolish maidens arrive back at the party, we're told the door was shut. Now, as I read this text, I'm thinking of another time in the scripture where we find the door was shut. And my mind goes back to the story of Noah and the ark. You remember that story back in the book of Genesis? There was, uh, the Lord told Noah he needed to build the ark and he started building the ark and everybody started making fun of the guy. Hey, old man, you don't, uh, can't believe it's going to rain, do you? There were scoffers and people making fun and making jokes. And, and then suddenly one day it started to rain. And he got his family into the ark. And the Bible says the door was shut. People came and started knocking on the door. Let us come in. But it was too late. And I find this phrase here is really a metaphor of judgment. And it reminds us that the door that God shuts, no one's going to open. The time of salvation is now. And Jesus is telling us about the tragedy here of an unprepared life. Jesus said we are at all times to be prepared for nobody knows when it's going to come. And the best way to be ready for tomorrow is to prepare for it today. For a time will come when no further opportunity will exist to prepare. You know, I had a former congregational member that I visited one time before they had surgery. And uh, we had prayer. We, we shared uh, uh, a wonderful moment together just, just talking about faith. And she said, you know, Pastor, if things go well, I'm okay. But if things don't go well, I'm okay too. And I think she was speaking in the language here of the five wise maidens because she was prepared to live and she was also prepared to die. I wonder today, are you ready? I wonder today, are you prepared for whatever comes, and especially to meet Jesus? You know, one time when, uh, again, I was a younger father, and I remember Kelly, my wife, she was preparing all afternoon to go to uh, an event at church. It was a, a women's meeting, and she was to take some desserts. And we all were licking our chops as we saw her preparing, uh, you know, th this delectable delight, these wonderful desserts that uh, I and the kids loved, and she would not share them with us at all. And she said, whatever's left, I'll bring it back. And so away she went that evening, and I was there left with the kids, and about 10 minutes after she was gone, it started. Hey, Dad, when's Mom coming back? Hey, Dad, when's Mom coming back? I probably heard that a hundred times that night, and the night wore on, and I told them, Mom's bringing dessert back soon. Just stay out of the cookie jar. Keep ready. We'll, we'll eat some when she comes back. And one by one, each of the kids got distracted. Uh, they all got their hand in the cookie jar eventually. They got their uh, drink of milk, and one by one, they fell asleep. And it was just when the last one was, was drifting on, to sleep that mom came and they had no dessert that night you know Jesus coming I want to say is a bit like this we know Jesus is coming but we don't know when 
And while many are filled with expectation, several people, I think, have fallen asleep. And people are distracted. And this is so true in our culture today, friends. As people are living on half-truths and not biblical truths, I want to challenge you today, whatever's going on in your life, whatever's happening in your world, to make sure you stop now and to know Jesus as your Savior. I want to pray for you today, and I want to invite you to just pause right now. And I trust that uh, uh, you will reach out to us. We have prayer warriors here standing by people that are really concerned about you and invite you to text today as our service concludes, and we'll share prayer with you. But I want to offer a prayer right now and encourage you to invite Jesus into your life. So let's pray. Oh, God, we thank you so very much for your son Jesus who comes to give us life and comes to give us that incredible contentment, that joy and peace for living today, knowing the hope that is ours for the future. And Lord, we pray for those today that are not prepared. We pray, Lord, that they would today come to know you. I just pray that they would repent of their sins and seek your face and desire to follow you and to not fall asleep, not get distracted. Lord, your spirit would awaken hearts today. Bless those that are praying here right now. Lord, come into their heart and life as they seek you and grant them assurance and peace today that all is well with their soul. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.